This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is the Friday, hour number two of the Friday, February 9th edition of Talk Back. And Talk Back is brought to you by Harrington Surgical Supply, where you can feel confident in Harrington Surgical Supply's discreet and knowledgeable guidance on a multitude of products and medical supplies. Also brought to you by Y West Storage out at the Y on Two Smokes Way. Find out if they have a space for you at 406 510 0590. Word Y West. They're making room for you. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial, both uh, your home and your business. They do it all. Uh, no job is too big or too small for Phillips Janitorial. Here's their number, 406-260-6617. And also brought to you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold it might get later this winter, Gomer's has everything you need to make sure your rig will start every single time at Palmer and West Broadway. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Peter Christian. That's Nick Christensen right over there. Good morning, Mr. Nick. Good morning. All right, and joining us on the phone right now for the crime report is we have the Chief Deputy County Attorney for Missoula County. It's Matt Jennings. Matt, good morning, sir. Good morning, Peter. How are you doing? Excellent, sir. And uh, again, uh, wow, we, we got we got the uh, the word yesterday that your boss, Kirsten Pabst, is going to be retiring at the end of March. What, what, what are your thoughts? Oh, sure. Yeah, big change in our office, a big loss for Missoula County. Kirsten's had about 30 years of public service to folks in this county and criminal justice. She's been a really revolutionary leader. Not only has she been the first woman uh, county attorney in Missoula, but really one of the first in the state of Montana. She's been a really great mentor to me, a lot of the young attorneys in our office, and particularly other women. In her uh, 10 years here, she's really revolutionized some of her processes. She created an SVU unit and really uh, doubled down on our focus on victims of sexual assault and domestic violence. Our office has almost doubled in size since she's been in office, and we've really tried to modernize and update some of our practices. And so uh, you'd have to ask Kirsten about this, but I, I know during the difficult times of COVID that she just wanted to make sure that she was captaining the ship to get us through that rough time, but that she's been looking to the next steps in her life for a little while. And uh, I think she made the decision with her family that it was that time. And so it's going to be a, a big loss for us, but boy, I wish her the best in the future. And it's really meant a lot to us some, having her as a leader. You bet some very big shoes to fill. And hopefully for you, they're not heels. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So I understand. Now, you, you, you want to share with us uh, the crime report. So if you wouldn't mind uh, uh, giving us that, please. Thank you. You got it, Peter. We had a nice quiet week in Missoula County. We only filed 10 felony complaints. Frankly, that's about half of our average lately. Uh, we had six violent crimes and we had four drug crimes. That's it as far as our general categories. Almost all of our violent crimes generally involve some sort of substance use or uh, mental instability. And so the reason we charge our drug crimes is we know that those can be precursors or sort of underlying conditions that lead to other criminal behavior. Uh, still, most of our violent crimes end up being domestic violence. And sadly, people are more likely to hurt somebody they know or they love than some stranger on the street. And we take those really seriously because we do believe that if our criminal justice system is working appropriately, we can prevent those future crimes from happening again in the future. So we have an assault on a minor this week. We have a PFMA. We have uh, some endangering welfare of children for people putting uh, their kids in harm's way. And uh, let's see, another assault on a minor as well. 
So uh, a lot of domestic violence, we, we see that often kind of spiking a little bit in the winter too. People get a little pent up, not getting out, and they're not finding healthy or appropriate ways to express some of those problems in their relationships. And those underlying issues like substance abuse can really trigger something. So we have a variety of programs in Missoula County when people are convicted of domestic violence to try and get them on the right track. Uh, if families can be reconciled and they can be safe together in the future, that obviously is a goal because an intact family is one of society's uh, kind of building blocks. But if they can't, then we've got other programs in place, too, to make sure that everybody is safe. I do know that that that's that's one of the emphases that uh, that Kirsten worked on from the moment she became county attorney. I know uh, she was very concerned about uh, people involved in domestic violence. Uh, I, I believe you and 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 her staff uh, developed a, a special program that has been copied all over the country, and she even wrote a book about it. So I I, I know that these these are things that uh, that the Missoula County Attorney's Office has has championed. Yeah, we really have. We've, we've tried to enhance our training and the experience of our prosecutors. We've narrowly focused a team of our prosecutors on these types of issues so they can dedicate more time to victims and specialized uh, attention. And it's always going to be one of our top priorities. All right. Well, Matt, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you and best of luck to you, sir. Thanks, Peter. I appreciate it. Have a great Bye. day. All right, we're we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about uh, all sorts of licenses and permits and all that coming up uh, for late because we've had a lot of questions about it in the last several months. So we're going to come right back with talk back, and of course the it, it'll be city talk, and of course uh, Jenny Miriam joining us here in the studio with Maggie McCarthy, where you're going to re- meet Maggie here in just a few minutes. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. Dennis Bragg with your latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. A 50% chance of scattered snow showers on Friday, again with minimal amounts sticking in the valleys. By the afternoon, we'll warm just above freezing. Still a chance of snow showers into Friday evening with lows around 20. Then for the weekend, partly sunny Saturday and highs around freezing. Clouds move in overnight into Sunday, and then we're tracking some rain later in the day, turning to snow showers overnight Sunday into Monday morning. Okay, welcome back to Talk Back, everybody. Glad to have you along this morning, and we are definitely into city talk right now. And uh, we have uh, Ginny Miriam joining us, the communications director for the city of Missoula, and Maggie McCarthy in the studio. Maggie, welcome. Thanks, Peter. It's good to be here. Good to have you. Get a little, a little closer. A little closer there. There, there you go. Yeah. That's much gooder. All right. So, so tell us a little bit about Maggie McCarthy. Now, I understand that you're the permit and business licensing manager the city of Missoula, but that isn't all, all that you've done, right? I mean, you've, you've done other things at the University of Montana, for example. Yeah, I graduated from the University of Montana and didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I started working at the Grizz Card Center. I took thousands of photos. So if you had a Grizz Card, I probably played some role in it in the last 15 years. Okay. I was a magic behind the card. So meal plans, door access, football tickets for students, all that good stuff. Wow. So and you you were you had power. I had power. <laughs> Amazing power. <laughs> Controlled, audited system power. Um, and here, have a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Made made students' lives function. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as it should. And then two years ago, I know this sounds cliche, but I kind of had a calling. Like I saw this position and I decided to apply and I interviewed and I came over to the city to be the business license, the permits and business licensing manager within CPDI. And I've been 
just running ever since. Well, I, w- I will tell you just a very quick story. Uh, last year, Jenny knows. Uh, uh, because know story. Yeah, I'm, I'm the sorry. Oh, I got to make what? sure your mic's on. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I called Jenny in, in, in a panic because we're headed. I was headed out of town, and my wife said, "Didn't you get that? Didn't, didn't you arrange to get that uh, inspector over to see?" Uh, I, 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 I. So uh, I, I called, and she gave me the right number, and uh, a very nice gentleman came out, looked uh, looked looked at our installation, and I, of course I was expecting the third degree. I was expecting you know the, uh, the tied to the chair, the whole bit. But he took one look. Looks good to me. And it was done. It was. It, it took maybe thirty seconds. It was amazing. That's what you want when they hang out for more than that. Then you're in trouble. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about your, your your department. What exactly do you do? Yeah. So I oversee and work with a team of five wonderful permit coordinators, and they are the first people you often talk to if you're going to mm-hmm. be applying for a permit or a license. We help with the process. We're a little bit of tech support. So how do you go onto the portal and attach documents and, and do the things you need to do um, to make which, sh- which is something I, I needed I needed big help with. Yeah. Okay, you push this button and then you push that button. Oh, there it is. You did it right. Good <laughs> so- job. Now click continue. Um- <laughs> That's exactly what I had to do. So, yeah. so we do a lot of that. We do cashiering. So we invoice and assess and take money from a lot of people. We are on the phone all the time and responding to email constantly and working in our software system to ensure that permits come in, licenses come in, and they go out and we issue them and and just help our applicants through that process. Now, on, on a serious note, why, why is this so foundational to ed- everything that happens in Missoula? Because... We all live together, right? Even though we, we may be neighbors, uh, whether you like your neighbor or not, you need to be responsible in the things that you're doing in your neighborhood and with your own home. Yeah, absolutely. It's a protection for you as a homeowner to ensure whether you're doing the work because, I mean, we're not professionals, or if you're hiring a contractor that they're doing the work to code, um, or if you're coming in to do licensing, you want to start and operate your business, you're investing a lot of money and effort into that, and we want to make sure that you're being successful by doing a review and helping inform you, you know, that you're meeting the city codes and requirements. Um, for permitting, it's really a life safety issue and it's all fine until no, no, it isn't. No, no, no. Why, why do you say it's a life safety issue? Well, unfortunately, we sometimes have contractors who aren't doing things up to code. So if they're not installing your water heater correctly, Peter, you might have a very eventful discovery Mm -hmm. that it was not installed safely. So that is why it's key to, when I say life safety is everything's fine until it isn't to ensure that they're doing it up to code. It's being installed safely. It has the appropriate building code requirements being met. And an inspector will come out and look at it and say, yep, looks looks like you're in good shape. So how does one become an inspector? Um, obviously, there have to be years and years of experience and training and all that sort of thing, right? Yeah. I'm going to say I have limited knowledge, but they go through their uh, building code certified. So they have to do some pretty intensive studying and exam and certification and maintain continuing education um, to ensure that they know all the codes. And some of our inspectors are... Uh, certified only for residential. Some are, we have a plumbing inspector who is the guy who goes out to all plumbing. We have a mechanical who goes out to all mechanical. So they have their specialties, but um, they really are code 
experts. Right. Now, the mechanical uh, gentleman that came out, uh, we had just installed a new furnace, an air conditioning system, right? And uh, uh, it was done by uh, a friend who was also a professional. And uh, so we, we got all the documents, all the paperwork, and he, he came out, it, it opened, opened the door into our, you know, area where the furnace was. He said, dang, this is really well done. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, and I'm going, Randy, you did great. So, yeah, anyway, uh, so, and th those are the moments that make being a homeowner kind of special because you're kind of on tenterhooks, you know, just, you're just uh, hoping that everything's going to be, be okay. Now, what happens when uh, uh, someone comes out and they fail the inspection? Then, then what, what happens after that? So if it's a contractor who's pulled the work, mm -hmm. they get details of what needs to be amended and the expectation is really that you make your corrections um, most of the time. Now, is that up to the homeowner or the person or the person who's actually doing the it's work? It's whoever pulled the permit. So if you had your contractor do it, they are on the hook to complete that work. Okay. Um, hopefully it goes good. Doesn't always go good. Yeah. Um, but really, they've got to make the corrections and get to a final inspection. Okay. Yeah. And once you get to the final inspection, then, hey, everything is great and off you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll throw in another thing. As a homeowner, if you're having work done in your home and Jeannie and I were chatting about, well, do you need a permit? Have your contractor get a permit. It's their job. It right. ensures their license and have their insurance. And I like it because I can go back if I ever sell my home or want to look, hey, that's when my roof was done because I had a permit. I know it passed inspection. So you're you have proof in the improvements and the expenses, unfortunately, you know, when you have to show you replaced your water heater. So 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 it isn't so it isn't a matter of an overbearing government, you know, with your thumb on your try trying to keep you from doing what you need to do. Uh, I, I know this sounds sounds maybe a little bit hackneyed, but this is all for your protection. Yes. Right? Yep. The the our inspectors have no way to tell if a water heater got replaced in a basement. Like, how would we ever know? Um, sometimes they discover stuff. You know, if they drive by and see your your entire house has got an addition, you know, they're going to notice that. But it's really for your protection to ensure your safety and to protect your investment in your property. Okay, our guest here in the studio is Maggie McCarthy. She's the permitted business license, perm, uh, permit and business licensing manager. So give us a call if you have a question or a comment. I know you do. Uh, that's why Maggie's here to answer your questions. So we're, our number is 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. Maybe you're thinking of adding on to your house. Maybe you're thinking of doing an addition on your own. Maybe you're thinking of adding on a deck or putting a, a new shower in or whatever. Uh, do you need a permit? And we, we can, Maggie can answer that for us. So we're, we're, we're going to come right back. 721-1290. Hang on to that. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. And we'll be back with more of Talk Back and City Talk right after this. The Fed's new. If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA. There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov slash pact to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come to VA. 
Okay, we are back. This is Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. I'm Peter Christian, and uh, Nick Christensen over there taking your phone calls. Joining us here in the studio for City Talk is Maggie McCarthy, Permit and Business Licensing Manager, and, of course, Jenny Miriam, Communications Director for the City. We have uh, Bradley uh, waiting to talk with us. Bradley, good morning. You're on with Maggie McCarthy. Please go ahead. Good morning, Peter. Uh, I just wanted to start and say, after your retirement party last late last year, I was a little anxious. I wasn't going to hear you again, so it's great to no, hear it, your voice it, still it, on the radio. It, it, it wasn't for... a retirement party. It was just uh, 50 years in radio. I managed to live that long. Okay, well, <laughs> here's the next 50. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I, I'm a licensed professional engineer in the state of Montana, and I, I work with the, the county as well as the city, and... Um, I'm offering more of a comment to say, Maggie, I'm glad you found your calling. I've worked with a lot of the uh, folks there in the city, and the day that you answered the phone and helped me get through the process was was a fantastic one. Um, it, there, it's it's always a moving target. There's always some new software, and it's um, it's not easy to get through the processing. Uh, I've just recently become good enough at it that I can usually get all of the paperwork in on the first try. But uh, again, thank, thanks for all your, all your help. And that's that's my comment. All right. Thank you for the call. Wow, that's good. Yeah, thanks, Bradley. Here, here, here's that five bucks I owe you, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, that's, that, 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 that's a nice testament. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a little relieved. That was the first call. Thank that, you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I recognize the name. Thank they, you. They should all be so nice. All right. Now, now one question here that, oh, yes, we have an app question. Uh, Nick, please go ahead. Yeah. Kathy said, question about home food businesses. Do they need food and health permits, i.e. people baking and promoting on Marketplace, Facebook, and neighborhood sites? I was told they don't have to have licenses, that it's the same situation as bake sales. So there's something called a cottage food I don't know if they call it a registration or a license for cottage foods. Um, I think that it also is going to depend on what exactly are you doing? Because sometimes people say, I'm baking cookies. Oh, you're actually running an entire bakery out of your house. And so my question is, we probably want to dive a little bit more into the details and really understand what an applicant's doing. And then we can refer you over to the health department if that's a requirement. But as part of your business licensing, we work with the health department closely. So we will open up review and, and help facilitate that partnership. Now, my, my wife, uh, as, as Nick can, can attest, he just had a birthday yesterday, so uh, my wife Lorna made him his favorite monster cookies and mm-hmm. some brownies, and there's still some in the kitchen. When you leave, sure, be sure and grab one. But she, obviously, she doesn't charge for it. It's just a labor of love type of thing. So uh, uh, are there any licensing in, involved there, or is that just something you do because you love people? That's just pure love. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're not allowed to make any money. All right, good deal. Go ahead, Jenny. Would the difference be if she were selling them I think to it, the public? It depends also where she's selling them. And it also depends, like in talking foods, is it hot, cold, or is it pure baked? Is it shelf stable? So there's a lot of different aspects of, mm-hmm. of why you would need health um, review involved. Well, one, once you taste one of her monster cookies, you'll have to create a whole new category. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's just amazing. All right. So, but she's not selling them. So it's just, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. And, okay, a couple of questions here. And th- this is interesting. I never thought about this. Uh, what's, what's with the recent discussion, uh, d- uh, discussion about tourist homes? Uh, uh, obviously, that, that's also a permitting uh, a situation. Yeah. So, tourist and, homes. And, and why do we need that? Yeah. Um, tourist homes or short-term mm-hmm. rentals, they kind of go by a lot of names, um, have been a hot topic. VR, I, VRBOs? VRBO, Airbnb have been a hot topic. Right. I think mm-hmm. that, well, last spring, the city council was once again looking at tourist homes and we did an assessment of staff and resources and increased the fees significantly. And so we've been talking about this um, now, since... Now, why, why, did, why did they increase the fees? What, what was the purpose behind that? Yeah. Uh, in 2016, when the sh- tourist home ordinance was established, it was cheap and easy. You know, it was $60. And it was really for the purpose of wanting to get a count of how many units are being rented. And as tourist homes have evolved, that was kind of before Airbnb exploded nationwide. Um, we've realized that our review and our inspections and our enforcement are costing the city more than $60. And so we did an analysis and we wanted to make sure that the cost of tourist homes are not going to the entire community, but being um, put on those that are running the tourist home themselves. So that's why the fee increases. We evaluated and said, yeah, it, it costs us $500 $500 to to maintain these. And so we set the fee accordingly. I know the city council recently decided not to prohibit uh, those type of uh, types of homes in Missoula. Um, yeah, I think that we were looking at uh, Bozeman recently passed a resolution to ban any non-owner occupied tourist homes. So when our peer municipalities in Montana are doing something, we look at it, we have to question, well, do we also need to look at that? Is this a problem? And what we found, at least with the data that we have, is that while well, Whitefish and Bozeman have a large, a larger percentage of units that are solely for tourist homes, Missoula's is between like one to two percent. So a little bit less of a problem, if you'll say. You know, we we have fewer housing units going to short-term rentals. Now, is there is there still a lot of resentment um, uh, here in Missoula for uh, homes? Uh, obviously, we, we have just as big a problem finding places to live as any anybody else in Montana, and here are uh, places uh, being uh, sitting empty uh, that someone could easily live in, but instead they are a VRBO or whatever. Yeah, um, I think there are definitely personal resentments. If it's your neighbor, if it's your neighbor, right, right. you feel a closer impact than if you don't have it on your block or, or out of the area. Tourist homes are spread throughout Missoula, but there are certain areas that have more uh, units, more compaction. Um, it's also a perception. So the city only registers if it's a non-owner occupied home. That home is only for tourist homes year round. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of applicants who live in the university district, for example, who rent their homes on Grizz football games. It helps pay their mortgage if they can rent it out for a couple weekends. So it's also supplementing some of our community members and enabling them to have homes in Missoula by renting it out on the weekends. But when they're renting them out on the weekend, obviously they're not there, right? Nope. They go move in with mom and dad or head up to, you know. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So with that, we're up against another break. We have our phone lines open. If you have a question for Maggie McCarthy, give us a call. 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. Or you can use the KGVO app and uh, simply hit the message us button. And then Nick will be happy to pass that along. We'll be back with more of Talk Back. Hopefully your phone calls right after this. Anyone can choose to make a difference. You can help people succeed, rebuild after disasters, protect the environment, or feed the hungry. Not only will you make a difference for others, but for yourself. You can earn money for college, learn career skills, and make friendships that last a lifetime. Make a difference. Choose your future. Choose AmeriCorps. We are back. This is Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. Phone lines are open. Our guest here on City Talk is Maggie MacArthur, Permit and Business License Manager. Nick, go ahead. Yeah, we had a follow-up from uh, Kathy who asked the previous app questions. She said they are doing full meal options in area east of town. And she said yes, selling. And she posts that she, quote, takes orders for meals, end quote. So I don't know if that changes the situation at all. Well, if they're east of town, are they within city limits? That makes me kind of wonder if we need to go pull them up on the map and, and take a look. Mm-hmm. It's surprising. If you go out in the Mullen area or Target Range area, there will be like one lot <laughs> that <laughs> is oh. is still county and not city. So we have to look at that. Um, we do have licensees who are doing food service, um, one that comes to mind, and they, they have a food truck, so they have that license, right. and then they have a kitchen that they're working out of that is licensed. So, um, yeah, if you are, you're getting definitely more into that business, you're preparing meals, you need to talk to us and, and get some licensing going and very likely talk to the health department because you're going to need a commercial kitchen or ensure that your com- kitchen areas you're using are up to code. I, I remember during during COVID there was there was quite a bit of consternation um, uh, because some of the businesses weren't getting the necessary licenses to remain open. If you remember during COVID, it was very difficult to stay open. There were lots of extra regulations and things that people had to comply with in order to uh, to, to to make that happen. So uh, obviously we're in a different time now. Uh, is it a more relaxed or is it still pretty pretty stringent out there, uh, especially when you're serving food to pe- to the public? It is pretty stringent. And I'm going to say, I don't work in the health department. They right, have their right. whole different review that they take for health um, and and safety for their aspects. So um, I'm not going to pretend like I know for sure. You're but not, not going to tread, tread on their territory. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, you, you know, we're just joking. Uh, our, our guests that come in the studio today... Uh, every, every time we get a guest in the studio, we have uh, an agreement with the nice folks at Hunter's Bay, Hunter Bay Coffee, that uh, every guest gets a nice bag of, of uh, coffee beans. Uh, KGVO has its own blend. And uh, so I, I was just kind of teasingly asking you, well, what do they have to do to be able to do that? So... Yeah, uh, they would need to talk to us. We will right. we will reach out to reviewing departments and find out because if you're roasting coffee, you're probably using, I would imagine, a pretty significant amount of heat. Right. Where are you doing this in your garage? Possible combustion. I mean, there's some crazy things that evolve from, I just want to have my hobby coffee right. roasting business, you know, mm-hmm. evolve to a business. All right. Now, but that's only when it's it's a commercial type situation. If you're just doing it for your own enjoyment. Yeah. If you're doing it for your own enjoyment, I think the assumption is that you are doing it on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. You don't have the, you know, 
well, hobbies can get expensive, <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's this larger equipment that really could possibly be a life safety issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what do people usually ask you about when they find out what find out what your job is? Do they kind of draw back a little bit? Oh, you're the one I have to go to get permission to do whatever it is I want to do. Yeah, um, I think people are met with intrigue of what do you actually do? <laughs> and um, I just say we answer the phone a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I I genuinely think that my staff and all of development services are there to help people. Of course, we'll hold you accountable. Uh, you're an engineer, you're an architect. You should know code. Right. You can go read our code books, mm-hmm. but also for the homeowner who doesn't know, we, we want to be there to help. And I say, we're not logging your name and noting, ooh, you know, Peter's going to put a deck in and I'm going to turn this in and check on it in three months. We are far too busy for that. So <laughs> um, call and ask the question. We're not tracking you. Right. And and we want to just get you some answers to help support your your projects. Okay, so l- let's say I did want to put a deck in, and and uh, I, we did. We actually did this many years ago, like twenty years ago. And uh, what w- w- what is the procedure? First of all, the idea is all about safety, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to tell a, a example. Is we had a homeowner contact us, very concerned because they had gotten some person who was a contractor, but you know, they didn't do their due diligence who built them a deck or maybe repaired an existing deck and they put a hot tub on it and then it started to not support the hot tub and they were very, very concerned, understandably. And so that's a good example of why (laughs) it's important to have a contractor who's going to pull a permit. Uh, The city, we just revamped our website and we are we're always trying to improve process. And so we have a deck guide now. So if you want to build a deck, you can go on, you can read the deck guide, realize how much, yep, um, realize how the supports and the joists and the footings and all of those details, because decks are actually very complex. You know, you're adding onto your home. Um, and it's going to be attached to your home. Yes, yeah. And that, that is a biggie right yeah. there. Yeah, there is uh, some stipulation that if your deck is detached from your home and less than a square footage and only, you know, so far off the ground, you don't need a permit because you're really just building a wood pad out in your yard. Um, but otherwise, I know. Judy <laughs> <laughs> gave that? me a look. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Maybe a pergola or, you oh, know, yeah. yeah. Um, but otherwise, we have plans you might want to work with an architect because it really is kind of a complex thing for supporting your deck um if there's different floors you know a two-story building deck with stairs um and then you would get your plans you might talk to our building plans examiners if you're not sure and we help you submit your application and it goes into the queue the queue is a little bit better than Walt Disney World, I would say. Um, <laughs> those those lines can be long. Um, but you go into the queue, you might get comments. We might ask you, hey, this doesn't you know look right. Maybe it's not meaning code or can you clarify? So you might have to resubmit and clarify what's, what's happening or make an adjustment. And then we charge you money for fees. Yes. You know. And I, I will tell you the, <laughs> the, the permit that I did for our, our new furnace was about $98. 
Yeah. It was it was very affordable. Oh. And and it was it was nice because I knew once we had that permit posted up there that everything is everything is legal so I've, I tried to sell my house the permits are hanging right there in in our in our utility room so yeah. uh, there's absolutely no question about it yeah and it's all in a database people can go and search um, about permit history but you pay us the permits issued and then you just have to make sure to do your inspections check that your contractor did their inspections make sure you get to the final cross the finish line mm-hmm. and Enjoy your new deck. We're going to come right back. 721-1290 is our number. Phone lines are open if you'd like to talk with Maggie McCarthy. She is here to answer your questions, not mine. But uh, I still have plenty more. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. We have an app question standing by. But first, we'll take a break and hopefully take a phone call from one of our listeners right after this. Data shows that after a child turns nine in foster care, they are much less likely to be adopted. But the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption believes every child is adoptable. Families, if you're able to let your hair down a little bit, there's a lot to learn from teenagers. The clock is ticking for teens at risk of aging out of foster care. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org. Welcome back to Talk Back. It's a city talk going on right now. Jenny Miriam, communications director for the city, and then Maggie McCarthy, permit and business licensing manager in the studio for the first time. Uh, we have an app question first. Nick, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we can do that really quick. Uh, Katie said, how many permits are listed as required by the city? And she gave a bunch of examples here. Do you need a permit to put in a garden, to put in a small greenhouse, to prune, uh, take down or put in a new tree? or to put up a fence, things like that. Yeah, so I'm going to quickly run down this. You don't need one for a garden if it's just a garden in Mm -hmm. dirt. Your shed depends on how big it is and if it's going on a foundation, and we have different criteria, so reach out to us. We'll help you. Um, What was the next one? To prune, take down, or put in a new tree. You don't need to do a permit for pruning or taking down, but you should ensure that your contractor is licensed as a tree trimmer (laughs) because they talk to our forestry department about the appropriate things and the appropriate species to put in within the city of Missoula. And if I may, it's very important for whoever's working on your trees to have a permit because if someone gets injured... Uh, then the homeowner could be on the hook for that if they're not licensed licensed and bonded. Yeah, not a permit, but if they're licensed yeah. and bonded, we have their insurance, so if something happens, that's right. a dangerous uh, it thing. Is. Yeah. Um, fence permits, yes, absolutely. Yes. Ginny and I had a great conversation. <laughs> we both got fence permits this last spring and had a similar experience, um, but you do need a fence permit to ensure that you are meeting code, and they're very easy and something that you can do to protect your investment. You bet. All right, let's get uh, get to the phones. I believe Emmett has been waiting the longest. Emmett, good morning. You're on with Maggie McCarthy. Go ahead. Well, thanks for taking my call. It's an interesting conversation. But, you know, I know my my mind keeps going back uh, to the, you know, the home on 4th Street that was, uh, you know, had the gas leak and exploded. Thing is, everyone knows that used to be my childhood home when I was a teenager. But I keep thinking that could have been my home if I had bought it. My question is, let's say whoever the owner is, or let's say if I had been living there and I wanted to rebuild, someone's going to have to rebuild that whole structure. And I would want it rebuilt just the way it was. Would I have to go to the city and get lots of permits to have that rebuilt? Because I would have to get a contractor. I would have to hire people to rebuild that property. 
that home on 4th Street. What, what is the licensing? What is the permits involved in that? Or would I just be able to rebuild? Because I keep... All I right. can't get it out of my mind. Let's, that could have been my home. I love that let, place. Let's let her answer that because there are some very specific answers to that. Thanks for the yeah. call, Emma. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Emma. I'm going to try to give the one-minute response. You'll need a demo permit. You're taking down an entire structure. You're going to abandon your sewer and water and utility connections. You'll need to do a new building permit. Your home then might not meet code for what is needed now. So your stair risers might be, you know, more appropriate. So you would have to work with a licensed architect and go through the entire process to get a new building structure. It can be very similar to your childhood home, but it'll be up to code. And But I, I guarantee you, if it if it uh, wants to resemble your wonderful old boyhood home, it's going to cost a lot more money to build it today than it did when you were a boy. Yeah, craftsmanship and... and um, Right. Yeah. And building materials and availability of, of, uh, of workers and all that. Yeah, everything has gone up. You bet. All right, let's uh, get Tom on the line. Tom, good morning. You're on Talkback with Maggie McCarthy. Go ahead. Yeah, well, first of all, um, you know, what? Well, thanks for being there. But uh, thank God I live in Ravalli County where we just had new windows, garage doors, a auxiliary generator put in, and none of that needs a permit down here. But anyway, I, what I had the question about Missoula, because we have rental property there, is uh, if uh, if something goes out on a weekend, a, a tenant calls us on Friday and says uh, the, the hot water heater is no longer working, do you have um, um, contractors in Missoula that can do that work, get it done on the weekend, rather than wait, uh, especially like on a three-day weekend, wait wait till Tuesday to get the new hot water heater. Can they, can they do that? And then, and then come and, um, you know, pull the permit uh, afterwards. Uh, do you have people that you're authorized to do that? Inspect anyway, it after, uh, inspect it after the fact. Well, I mean, you know, you, you've got tenants with kids and they need a hot water heater on a Friday night. You know, they don't want to wait till Tuesday to get the hot water heater put in or, you know, an electrical problem. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, it's, a uh, it's just, I'm just wondering if they have authorized contractors to do that so, um, you know, uh, can get it done in a timely manner. So, anyway, uh, have a great weekend, guys. Thanks for, thanks. The, thanks for the call, Tom. Go, go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Yeah. Um, so, our uh, electrical, mechanical, and plumbing permits are submitted online. They're, for our contractors who are doing it often, it's a pretty quick process. And our building official has stated that you need to have your permit applied for. So, if they get a call, they're going to go in on a Saturday night. Um, I mean, we don't know exactly when they're fixing it. But the assumption is that they would hop on, submit their application. We now, know again, it's coming in. Again, the, the nice thing is this is all done online. Now, you yes. don't have to have somebody on the phone uh, waiting at, at 2 o'clock in the morning to try to fill this form out. You can do it online. Yeah. I mean, I, there are certainly contractors who wish they could come in and <laughs> sit down with us. Right. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they don't need to be in contact with us. They don't need to come in. They go online. They submit it. Um, on Monday morning, our permit team will review it, make sure everything looks good, say, okay, go pay. It will be issued, and you could get an inspection as soon as Tuesday. So, Yes, if a contractor is willing, they can do the work, and they just need to make sure they pull the permit in a timely manner. Right, and 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 that way, if there is an emergency situation, like somebody's without heat or without water or whatever, or sewer or whatever it might be, that 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 that's kind of a life kind of a situation. Yeah, exactly. We have stipulations like sewer repair. Your your water line breaks; they are going to go out and fix your water line. A the fact they don't have a piece of paper, a permit, right. is not going to stop them from from getting you your services that you need. But the permit will have to be required. 
eventually, yes. right? To yeah. Get, yeah. Yep. They need to pull it in. They'll be seeing us the next day and, and taking care of business, hopefully. And, and a lot of that has to do with uh, uh, when, when it comes time to resell your home and somebody's going to do their due diligence and looking in, into that house, there's all sorts of paperwork. If, if, the, if the heater heater or the plumbing or wasn't certified, uh, that could be a problem in, in the sale of the house. Yeah, exactly. Or you're coming in and, and maybe buying an older home and you see that they did a remodel in the basement uh, eight, nine years ago. Well, they never actually got it inspected. So then you want to really look at a couple of things, I'm sure, when you're doing your own private home inspection. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to come right back. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. We're talking with Maggie McCarthy, and she's the Permit and Business Licensing Manager for the City of Missoula. This is City Talk. We have about, oh, eight minutes minutes left. So if you have a question for Maggie, give us a, maybe you got a, a project planned and you're wondering, do I need a permit for that? Well, give us a call. She'll be happy to help you. We'll be right back after this one minute timeout. Not all people are the same. And yet when we visit the doctor, our treatments don't look that different. Why is that? Because we just don't have enough information to do it better. By gathering health data from 1 million people, Our country's best researchers will be able to develop treatments that are as unique and complex as we are. With this new information, doctors will have a better understanding of disease so they can innovate the next great breakthroughs in medicine. Learn more at joinallofus.org. Welcome back to Talk Back. We have about, uh, oh, seven and a half minutes left to, to talk with Maggie McCarthy with the City of Missoula Permit and Business Licensing Manager. Now, we were just kind of tossing this around during the uh, during the, the break about uh, th- there are a whole lot of brand new marijuana uh, dispensaries around. And I understand they also need to be licensed. So uh, what, 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 what kind of things do, do, does that require? Yeah. So from, from your perspective. Yeah, we we've been licensing our cannabis business licenses as general business licenses, but to support and align the state's licensing efforts, we recently created a a 420 cannabis business license to support the review and the severity and uh, services that these businesses are providing, but it's a very intensive review. Mm-hmm. We have a local code for um filtration of of air exchange when the state has a ton of uh, stipulations. And so it's just very complex. A lot of our cannabis businesses, when they established, had to be medical occupancies for their buildings. So they had to do a change of use permit to get to a medical occupancy. And then the state legalized it at a recreational level. So they're all having to undo that, even though they haven't moved, but to prove now they could be a retail location because they might have more foot traffic. Now, is that expensive uh, when it comes to doing a commercial business license like that and, and through your office and through the all the machinations, machinations, I guess, uh, to try to get that officially licensed so you can open the doors and be legal? Yeah, so we worked with, we tried to work with our applicants as much as possible because we know it's just time consuming and stressful to get through that, but they do have to get an architect. So they're hiring an architect to go in and, and create these letters validating that the space can support their uh, business. Um, and then there are expenses for the permit and the license. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, are, is, is, this a, is, is this a one and done type thing or in a situation like that, are there continuing visits uh, where you come by and you say, we just, we're, uh, this is our yearly check or whatever? How does that work? Yeah. So recently working with the 
state, I believe they'll start having to have an annual fire inspection. Right now they have a building and fire inspection at time of approval. Um, but the state has requested that we start doing, I believe, a fire inspection on an annual basis, much like we do for our liquor uh, businesses. And then um, daycares have different time frames that they're inspected for, for larger daycares. So um, our fire inspectors are quite busy. I'll, I'll bet they are. And uh, we, we haven't even talked about child care facilities. That, that That is another that like, I know we had the folks from the child care folks in here a couple of months ago talking about uh, uh, they're, they're putting a kind of a co-op in the old Cold Spring School. And there's a lot of structural changes going on in there. I'll bet that requires a lot of permits as well, especially from what we heard uh, in, in a daycare center. Usually you have the bathrooms off to the side. Right. But in a daycare, you have to have the bathroom right smack dab in the middle of, of, of everything. So uh, I'm sure that is also something that needs special attention. Yeah, bathrooms for everyone. And I think uh, not having that permit in front of me, I remember they had conversations about doors and capacity of classrooms. And so it's very complex, but it was, they they had a pre, uh, a planning review team meeting. So they had a pre-meeting before they started it, putting in their permits. And so um, there's staff are available to kind of help people as they lead into projects. And I, I do know uh, the Missoula Economic Partnership uh, uh, has been deeply involved in that. And I know they also play a part in helping to set up the organization so that when the people who are running the daycare, who are not experts in permits and all that sort of thing, uh, can, can concentrate on what they're doing as so that the infrastructure is taken care of. Yeah. 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 I, okay. yeah. I, I don't know. I can speak to that, but I, I know yeah. there's a lot of resources like MRA and, and various entities who are supporting uh, development of, of various projects. And let me tell you, it's one thing we need more of. It's it's child care. Yes. Uh, yes. In, in as as so. someone who's got a kindergarten next year, I'm so happy to make space <laughs> and stop paying for child care but it's been yeah. wonderful so yeah, yeah. all right <laughs> so 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 we, we have about two and a half minutes left in our time together uh again we're, we're talking with maggie mccarthy she's the permit and licensing business licensing manager for the city of missoula uh so what type of people are calling you when, when you go back to the office what kind of calls are you expecting everything. We will have people who don't know where the P key is on their keyboard and we have people who are engineers and architects who will uh, maybe just need to poke us. Can you go process my resubmittal, please? Right. You know, and get it going. We do have an app question. Nick, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Sandy said, are there any parts of uh, permit requirements that you believe are outdated or unnecessary? Um. I will say that we are going through a huge code reform project at the city level. Um, that's even a little bit beyond me because I'm just in the transactional, you know, get it through. Right, right. Um, so that piece. And I can also say that we're like, we're evaluating our process. Mm -hmm. I will talk process with you and process improvement every day. And so we, we do recognize that, um, but we also need to make sure that the review and the process supports making sure that the information is accurate and meeting code. So Now, you are the manager, so I'm sure whenever there's a complaint call, it eventually ends up in front of you. What, what What's the most common complaint you're getting for your department? That it takes forever to get what they want, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, I don't want to say that... It's not, I don't want to blame the victim, but sometimes it's because, well, you haven't included your measurements. You haven't, you know, done some basic requirements, which is tough for them to hear, but a lot of time of review and um, also that we don't answer the phone. And I'm like, well, 
I'm, I'm answering, you know, what can I help you with? So right. um, it, it's a very personal thing. They're investing a ton of money. They're investing a lot of time. They're paying professionals. It's a sensitive thing and, and it's easy to get heated and hopefully we can work with them and calm okay, down. Okay, less than a minute left. How do we contact your office if we want to find out about getting a permit or a license? Yeah, so you can call the permit coordinators. Don't blow up our line. Uh, 406-552-6060. Again, that's 552-6060. We also have a really, really long email address that I'm not going to rattle <laughs> it's off. okay. All but right. it's on the Development yeah. Services website. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Be sure, be sure and grab a cookie on the way out. I right? will. I'm excited. <laughs> if Nick doesn't mind. Nick, what's coming up on Monday's fabulous show? We won't be here. No, we will not be here on Monday. Uh, so you'll be here in Armstrong and Getty. But I will be back on Tuesday with Bob from the World Affairs Council. So Tuesday we'll be back. Have a wonderful day. I'll be gone next week. We'll see you the week after that. Take care, everybody.